Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Comes light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to learn the latest on anything out of the ordinary. I want you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com, and tell me your stories. Tell me what's on your mind. I don't care if Bigfoot is giving you attitude. You just tell me and we will address it here on this program. And don't forget to follow me on social media at one Heidi Hollis on most social media. You know, today's going to be a little bit different because I got a special guest today. So I'm going to jump right on into this interview with Melissa Tittle, who is an investigative journalist in ancient civilizations, sci-fi and the science fields. But she also produces content with some of the biggest names in that space and written TV shows for several major networks. 
So I'd like to welcome Melissa Tittle to the show. It's so great to have you on here. How are you doing? Good. So awesome to be here. I love Coast to Coast. We were talking before we started recording. Girl power. Hello. Yes. yes. Oh, man, man. I mean, there, it's it's really uh, refreshing in, in all honesty. And, you know, statistically speaking, whenever I, I look at the numbers of who listens to these types of radio shows, it's mostly women. So, heck yes, we got to represent. Yeah, there's not enough of us. <laughs> no, right? no. So, I mean, kudos to you. And you are crazy busy. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen... I mean, somebody just have their hands in so many different arenas and and I'm absolutely impressed. And I'm like, I have got to talk to this lady. I've got to talk to her, (laughs) man. And I actually had a dream. I was supposed to reach out to you that now that was weird. Wow. Okay. I want to know about that. That was weird. Well, I'll have to tell you later. Okay. All right. But, but yeah, it was crazy. I was like, okay, you know, I'm like, I, I'll reach out to her. Um, so yeah, this is this is really it's humbling and it's an honor to have you on the program. Um, I always like to get into what got somebody to look into such a topic. I mean, you're an investigative journalist into ancient civilization. So how how did this come to be? I have been interested in anything that was uh, unsolvable, mysterious. I'd say even uh, ancient ancient Egyptian stuff since I was like five or six. You know, like that. You know that thing where you go and someone tells you you had a past life. Like uh, my mom caught me writing what now I would say are hieroglyphs like on the wall, and I was like seven or eight years old. What? Like, we don't know what that means, so we're just gonna not put that on the wall. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so there's just like a part of me that always knew that whatever I was experiencing and what the adults were experiencing and um, and what was around me wasn't all that was there. And it's so just always every anything that I could get my hands on, whether it was a book or it was a movie or somebody was really interesting that was talking about something. I was into it because I just knew that there was something beyond what was happening. That's amazing. And, and so you're weirder than I thought. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Top weird card. Yes. You me. know, it's like, you know, that just makes me feel even more like a soul sister. This is, this is awesome. I'm digging this. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but when people, I mean, as a child, especially when you go treading off into these corners that are not really popular, parents do get freaked out. They do try to correct you. I know I get the emails from children even and parents who are just befuddled on what the heck to do. I mean, how did your parents what did they do? Did they try to nurture or, or push you away from it? I mean, what what was that process? We had a pretty uh, open we had pretty open conversations about all sorts of stuff. I think uh, my parents were really interested in seeing how we thought about life. We would talk about weird stuff all the time. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a household where we did go to church, so we were considered Christian. But my parents, from an early age, taught us about every religion. And so when I left the house and went to college, I was weirded out that like people were in these camps of only believing in this one way of doing things because it was odd to me because because I learned so much about other people's stuff that I I was so befuddled on the idea that people get trapped in their own tiny little belief systems. Uh, So talking about aliens and ghosts, this was like a normal conversation around the dinner table. 
Oh, you're lucky, man. You are so lucky <laughs> because <laughs> that is not the experience. I mean, you know that it's not the experience. Yeah, no, it's definitely not normal. Um, you know, my mom was definitely a little bit more reserved and that wasn't really her favorite conversation, but my dad was in the Air Force and it was his favorite conversation. Uh, he, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't necessarily have any experiences while he served, but um, my grandfather did. In fact, the day that, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of the base. And I can't believe I'm forgetting the day that my dad was born. I think it was on McKinley Air Force Base, which was in Washington, the state of Washington. Um, there was a UFO sighting. Like they saved the newspaper of like, it was 1952. Wow. So, yeah. So that's like, we talked about that stuff in my family and it was yeah. kind of, it was just, just was normal, I guess. <laughs> but now you know the pattern because I've heard this pattern when it comes to uh, kids of military guys. My dad was Air Force as well. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I don't think this is a coincidence that you happen to look into these topics. I mean, you know that connection. So do you think that's just, you know, happenstance or what? It could be. I mean, I've definitely covered a lot of stories. There is a pattern with uh, the Air Force being more uh, tied to these extraterrestrial experiences and and, and families and, uh, and definitely uh, generations of alien contact within Air Force families. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, I've definitely covered a lot of that. I try not to make it personal. Uh, I have not personally had an, air, an alien experience. I've never seen a craft. I... I I definitely feel a lot of things and I sense things and, um, but I haven't necessarily had the experience that I interview people on, which is, you know, the, they're coming to them at night and taking them and abducting them and communicating with them that way. I haven't had those experiences, but I've definitely had a lot of supernatural experiences kind of navigating the unseen world. Oh, 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 so we do have to go there. You know that now, Melissa, right? <laughs> you cannot just drop that little hot potato and just say, whoo, yeah, so that happened. No, let's, let's go there. So what on earth, what did you experience? Like, what took place? I mean, it's just not as sexy as having physical evidence within this third dimensional reality. Uh, I saw something, uh, something, something did this, or it's just that I have been places, um, or I'll get visions about things and I can see, I can see, um, I can see what's happening there on another ex existence, but I, it's not that I can, it's not like I can see when people say I can see, they're referring to and what we're thinking in our head is that they physically saw something come into the room and do something. I can, I can sense it so much that it makes me uncomfortable, but, uh, being a journalist, I don't necessarily want to call it a name or a thing, or is it, a, is it, is it bad? Is it good? What does it feel like? Is it a demon? Did it come from this race or this alien race? Like I just, have had so many of those experiences that I just know that there's something beyond this, this plane of existence. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. There's something that connects us to be able to have these types of experiences. I mean, it, it just yeah. makes sense. I mean, um, you know, how, how are people being able to be trained in like remote viewing, unless there's something we can tap into. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, most of, 
because obviously I, I love going to ancient sites. I really go into it there. You know, if I walk into someone's house or I'm at a place, I actually don't want to interact with whatever's there. I mean, the only thing I want is out. <laughs> because I'm trying to exist in this third dimensional reality. But yeah. when I go to some of these ancient sites, I really want to know because I'm there to know. Um, that takes me down a rabbit hole. Um, I had a really crazy experience in a temple in Egypt, actually, um, where I was actually on a trip with Graham Hancock. We were doing a scout for a TV show. I was there with his wife and uh, we had a guide with us. We had a, a archaeologist, Egyptian archaeologist with us. And we were going to the Temple of Dendera, Hathor's Temple. And I'd been wanting to go there. This is several years ago. I'd been wanting to go there forever since I can remember. I had been like picturing those walls, the beautiful walls and all the paintings and everything. So we get there. It's August. It's hot as balls. It's just, it's just awful, like awful hot. <laughs> I'm just so yeah, it, it's, it's beyond. And uh, I don't even care. I'm so super excited. And I, you know, we were, we were doing a walkthrough of what, you know, we wanted to shoot with Graham, but I really needed some time alone. Cause I wanted to go off and kind of just, you know, it's, it's a big temple, but it's not that big. It's got a Holy of Holies in the middle. If anybody's been there and it's got 13 rooms around it. Uh, and it's big, but it's not like massive. It's, you can find someone in a second, you know, and it's also echoes. So you can just scream their name. So here I was walking around by myself in the 13 rooms and they all look the same if you can't read hieroglyphs and I can't necessarily read hieroglyphs. So, um, but one room just drew me in. And so I went into that room and, you know, I just think I've been gone for like 10 minutes, maybe walking around, you know, and something made me I was drawn to this one part of, of a wall in that room. And I put my hands above my head in this spot on the wall. And then I put my forehead in between it. And when that happened, I felt every single emotion, human emotion at the same time, like love, hate, sadness, joy, like, you know, like every, think of every emotion at once. Like it was so intense. And I like took my head off and I was like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> wow. And just at that moment in time, the archaeologist came in and he saw me and he was like, hey, where have you been? And I'm like, oh, I was just walking around, you know, no big deal. He's like, you've been gone for two hours. Whoa. And I was like, what? And they're like, we've been yelling your name. And like I said, one, there's no, there's hardly anybody in the temple because it's super hot. It's August. It's not like <laughs> there's that many people at that you know, moment of time. It's not that big. Uh, so I don't know where I went, but um, I don't know. He said, he said, do you, can you read hieroglyphs? And I said, no. And he's like, do you, it says here, put your hands here to receive the goddess. Oh, 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 hold on. We got to stop it right there because we got to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. 
Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have Melissa Tittle, and my goodness, I, this is incredible. You you had the experience of a lifetime, it sounds like, where you it's almost like you transported. I mean, please do finish the story. You're inside of this temple in Egypt, and you thought you're gone for just 10 minutes, and you're gone for two hours? Yeah, missing time. So, number one, missing time. Uh, some weird download. Um, and everything was fine, except I was kind of blown away by that experience so about two of this this kept happening for about two weeks after this experience i left egypt i came back home and i was having dreams about the temple it was so real like and in my dream i would stare at one part of the wall like obsess about it until i i would know all the symbols and i would call the archaeologist i'm like okay oh, there's this corner and then it has this and it was there and i'm like where is it and he's like okay it's in this room and i'm like what does it say and i would be in the middle of like a meeting and i would have all that 
that feeling of all that energy come through my body just randomly. And it happened for about two weeks after, and then it kind of faded away, probably because I'm in a whole different receiving mode, if you will. I'm back into my normal human reality. I'm not in Egypt, you know, open-mindedly diving into some of this deeper stuff. So that stayed with me because that really set me on the path of of this movie that I just finished, which is called Code 12, which is of kind of understanding that there is there's several codes on this planet. And I think that there's one that allows us to leave this current existence. That doesn't mean go to another planet. That means kind of be able to escape the trap, the suffering that we have. And and so yeah, that just set me on a journey. I just was like, and the, wow. hierog- the hieroglyph said something along those lines too. You were saying, yeah, there, there's, um, I mean, just to give a little precursor about the movie, there's the explanation of the matrix in the simulation, and we and we do talk about that. We do have a lot of uh, mathematical codes and stuff that we bring up that I think that, that are different that I haven't seen. I've been writing about this stuff for a long time, so I do know the stuff that people have been saying for the last couple of years and last ten years. But I also think that there is something that is overlooked, and that is that there's another frequency existing at the same time that if you tap into it, you can actually, um, I'm trying to use my words correctly because I'm sure people that are are into their spiritual journey, I don't want to offend anybody on whatever, wherever they're at or whatever they're doing, but it's almost as if you can stay where you are, but tap into something so divine that takes you out of the simulation completely without you ever leaving your moment in time. It's just that your spirit is somewhere else, but your body and your existence and the people around you or whatever's happening is still there. It's just that you're experiencing something on a completely different level. And I, and I think that, um, Spiritual texts and uh, these ancient codes and, and and these temples, whether they're in Egypt or all over the world, they have this understanding. It's and it's beyond speaking to the gods. It's it's learning how to become one in that frequency. Oh, that's fascinating. And do you think that that's what happens when people cross over? They leave this husk of a body behind and and they just tap into the everything. I mean, yeah. Expanse. I mean, I don't know for certain, but I can say that based on the evidence that people have had near death experiences and um, definitely, you know, the thing is, I can't say for certain anything. But what I can say as a journalist is that I try to gather patterns of of, uh, in this instance, I'm, I'm comparing all different ancient texts and their belief in belief in the afterlife or something higher or gods and goddesses or any of that. And um I think that 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 a term everything is nothing and nothing is everything is really what they're trying to show us is that everything around you is real, but then it's not. And and that's what is so expansive about the universe. Uh, and and it's we get caught in it being everything or nothing where it's it's the same at this. It's happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it, that's it's complicated, but. But it's really how quantum physics works. It's it's how the universe propagates itself. It's um, 
it's just that we get wrapped up in our emotional bodies in this existence and me being a human, I I'm saying that and being a hypocrite at the same time. Of course I do that because we're here to experience stuff, but at any moment in time, we can tap into the vastness of the universe because we are that. Yeah, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. It's like a part of the whole. I mean, there's uh, I, I think that, even when it comes to our differences, we should be dropping those and look more to what we have in common, um, you know, and, and open up the, the floodgates of love because it does connect us. And, you know, uh, mm-hmm. getting, getting into the more spiritual elements, it's it's absolutely important if we are to reach the next level. Like, you know, you have looked into so many different things and you're so aware of so many different topics and have met some of the biggest names in these odd fields. <laughs> I mean, so much fun, though. yeah, it's fun. Do you do you see or hear or feel a, a, a consistent vibe where everybody's aiming for? I mean, what do you think? Mm. Going? No, I think it changes. It's weird. It's 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 like the like the morphogenic field either gets dropped in with something new. Everybody has to focus on or um and then for a while, everybody's d- directing that. They're like putting that out there, you know, talking about this stuff. I mean, I mean, the idea of the simulation, the matrix seemed this whole concept seems to be heating up. Like, it's just like this, this thing that just everyone, the matrix was just the name of a movie and then it became a thing. Um, but, but I think that I always, I always think when everybody's looking in one direction, which is important who are the randoms looking in a different direction? I want to know what they're looking at. I don't even care how crazy it is. Some I had a question somebody asked me on a panel once. They said, well, how do you know if someone's telling the truth? And I'm like, well, how do you know anybody's telling the truth? No one really knows the truth. They only know pieces of it. So what part of that person's story is is um, has a has a has a piece of like the bigger truth, which we're all trying to figure out. And so I, for me, it doesn't matter how crazy the story is. There's there's something in that story that there's a nugget that connects all the other stories. So I don't know. I like every time that there's like one direction, everyone's looking like everyone's waiting for the Pentagon to drop these, you know, the, they're going to come and say aliens are real. I'm like, okay, who are the five people saying something else is happening? <laughs> that's where you're look. That's where you're going. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Like, what else is going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, we're in a Google universe too. It's like, if there's a, a topic of the day, it seems to be reflected in the television programs and, you know, it's the same rehash stories over and over again. I'm like, my goodness, you know, I ran a UFO group for 15 years and I mean, the, in one one meeting, I think I, I had more conversation and more interesting topics than what I see in some of these programs these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just can't get over. Um, uh, you know, there's there's I mean, it's changing. I, you know, I can say from a mainstream I, as a mainstream producer, I've produced for almost every major network before I became to Gaia as uh, head of content. Um, I'm no longer there, but um, and, you, you know, even Ancient Aliens was like a risk that show the the first season, which I was involved in was six episodes. Uh, that's all they would greenlight. 
Um, it was a total risk because there was not one show like that that was coming out and saying, you know, it, you know, it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and all this weird stuff happened and it's aliens. And, but that, but that, it was odd that, that, you know, that executive at History Channel took a big risk and the six episodes did so well. They just greenlit, they greenlit another 13 and then they just never ended. We're like, there's a season 29 now. I left after season five, but um, so that was like the only thing and that was the only show in the game, right? But but now you have like even, I was surprised of uh, the show that they asked me to host or co-host a UFO witness. I was surprised on the amount of topics we covered. We covered like alien races. I mean, that's stuff that like Gaia does, but, but um, I mean, the producers, I love them. They're, they're awesome, but they didn't necessarily not in the space. So they were, they came up with all these things about like what all the races were doing, you know, they're like Syrians fly triangle ships. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, because they, because in their minds, uh, the beans have to have their own ship, you know, like the circular ones are for the end. I'm like, no, that's just, you're totally making that up. Like that, there's no one in the space that believes that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were, you were uh, there to make sure that uh, what you understood in the arena to be factual. I mean, because there's, there's a lot of us out here who are very aware and very keen to who's experiencing what and why and what the beings look like. So that's awesome that you stood there at the gates and said, no, it goes this way. <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, I couldn't stop all of the, the uh, you know, writing because yeah. it wasn't I wasn't producing the show. You know, I was talent, but yeah. um, on camera. But the uh, but I was surprised, like we did experiments with a guy who who said that he could he was able to be in contact with an alien ship that he had an experience with. And he could, in his mind, he could get there. He could be back in the ship. Like he, cause he was getting communication with him and we hooked him up to all these electrodes and everything. And I thought, Oh my God, this is so great. This is mainstream TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my so God. I think there's, de it's definitely changing, but, but um, I did a talk on this at Roswell, um, the Roswell, New Mexico festival. And I, and I said, you know, everyone wants to know who's like, what's the agenda? And, and the thing is, is like, there's not just one agenda. You have to live. What's keeping the most of your attention? Is it fear? Is it because you want the truth? Is it because you're curious? You know, all of that drives money in the system. So mm. if you're if you're if, if the inner the entertainment if people want to blame the entertainment industry, but they're feeding off of people wanting to feel something when they watch an alien show. You Makes know? sense. Well, we got to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll be right back. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> 
You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We are having a girlfriend chat here with Melissa Tittle, <laughs> and they're still <laughs> slowing us down. I mean, my goodness. I, I, I love the fact that, again, you, you, ancient aliens, I mean, like, that is literally history. I mean, like, that's like historic stuff right there. And you were the first, uh, I mean, the beginning, and I'm from the start. So I, I didn't know you started from the start like that. That's, that's amazing. I knew you were part of it, but... Hot dog. <laughs> so, I mean, when you're you're diving into these things, I, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's fantastic that you had that backing that you did first coming up as, as a kid, <laughs> and, and then you know going professionally into this stuff without batting an eye. Like, I got this. Oh, I know where we're going. I mean, I think that's half the battle in getting a really good show. Is having somebody like you, I, and that's rare. There's people that have the interest, but like you were born for this, <laughs> you know. And all this weirdness, I was like, okay, let's do this. It's amazing, and to be a lady in this, I, look, I, I being a lady oh, myself hard. in this, it's not easy, man. <laughs> no, not, it is not easy. Uh-huh. It's so funny because, um, you know, I don't think that enough you know women's voices are respected in the space of being like a researcher or investigative journalist no. a lot of men <laughs> it's almost as if 
Like the conscious community has not caught up with the rest of the world and that sort of equality. And equality, I'm not saying, oh, because women and men are the same or any of that. But the most important thing about having um, both men and women in any profession or doing anything is that it's always going to be a different perspective. And that different perspective lends itself to finding new truths in whatever that is. It could be bird investigations or UFO investigations. It doesn't matter where it is. It's just it, it, it's it's like if, if everybody's interested in what the truth is, then I think that there needs to be more of these different kinds of voices in that space uh, so that we can start to look at things a little bit different. And we're just otherwise we're just going around the same circle, like the trajectory of the craft and the thing. And it's like, OK, that's all important. But but like there's got to be something else going on as well. Even the diverse voices. I mean, you know, I'm wrapped all in one here. And it's like I have literally in the past, I'm not kidding you, had producers contact me and say, wow, you know so much. Well, yeah, I kind of named and defined and, you know, let people know about these two topics. Yeah, well, we can't have a woman lead. Can you teach a guy everything you know? Oh, God. Yeah, it's like, what? But, you know, it is a crazy world out there. It's like, yeah, let's not reflect what the world looks like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's make it all guy show. You know, it's it's weird. And, and I never could understand it. I'm like, you know, this is a real world. There's a lot of different people who have experienced a lot of things and getting, like you said, their voices out, their perspectives mm-hmm. out. I think it it really highlights uh, and, and encompasses so much because there's cultural differences. There's different belief systems, you know, and uh, different approaches. You know, us ladies, we want to we want to understand and feel it out. Uh, guys want to measure things. <laughs> so uh, right, and, and then we we need both, right? Yes, we do. We need that balance. We need that balance. And uh, you know, so I, I'm just I'm thrilled to know you have been out there and you have been doing it and now you're in front of the camera doing it too i mean tell us about some of these programs that that you've been hosting i mean where are you going with this i don't know where i'm going with it but i'm definitely going into fields and and dark spaces and looking for stuff (laughs) uh that is that's where they keep sending me um uh <laughs> yeah so i i ho- i co-hosted with ben hansen um yeah. a series called ufo witness mm-hmm. um and we that aired earlier this year and uh that was awesome it was definitely an experience and we have some cool like i said i i thought they pushed the boundaries a lot further than some of these other shows that i've been in even right. a year before that we did uh invasion I did. I co-hosted Hudson Invasion, which is all about uh, what's been going on in the Hudson Valley since the 80s, which is uh, lots of UFO activity, abductions, strange lights in the sky, missing time. Um, the Hudson Valley is just a hot spot. Like, I was going to say, what, what on earth is causing all of that? What, what do you feel that I, is? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's all I, I got into a big investigative rabbit hole but the producers didn't really think it was sexy you know might not have been but but there's um a actual a very diverse amount of vegetation and animal life that was reported by the usgs um uh and uh several government papers that i found from i don't know early 2000s one was written in the late 70s um, and they've been studying this, this, it's just unique the way that the vegetation grows, uh, and, and the animal life there. Also, um, there is definitely a lot of unique, uh, 
properties of rock, not just granite. There's all sorts of different kinds of ancient rock and layers of it. You know, that could be, that's always a, a factor when you're looking into some of these UFO stories, because you're thinking, okay, well, what would make this, if this is a portal and all sorts of weird stuff is happening, Bigfoot, cryptos, you know, that kind of thing. Is it, if it's a portal, is it because of the the makeup of, of the, the rock? Um, and there is definitely that going on there, but it's just a hot spot in, and it's to the point where like, I've been there so much, like that's my second show there investigating that my, uh, my uh, fiance was like, Hey, do you want to like go up to Hudson Valley and get a cabin? And I'm like, hell no, 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 I will not. You know, do, you know what happened to Willie Stryber? I'm not, that's not happening to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. It, and it's true. You know, like a, a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to go out into this grave site and do some grave rubbings. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, that is not an adventure. <laughs> Especially no. if it's high activity, but, but, um, yeah, I also did the the Whitley Strieber special that they did on Discovery Plus called The Visitors. And it was, um, we went back to the actual cabin that he had his experience. And that's where we shot. And, uh, you know, we, he got, he he came back to see it after all this time. And it's pretty emotional for him. And Oh, I bet. That's it, wild. Yeah, it was, it's a pretty, you know, I was talking to some of the locals, you know, off camera about, the area and it's been um a, a, like a sacred area to the native americans and they found burial sites there so it's kind of like again we're dealing with some kind of portal on top of a portal so you have all of hudson valley and then where whitley's house was is some other kind of portal <laughs> oh my gosh so he didn't have a fighting chance that's what you're saying no <laughs> it's wild to me you know when uh neighbors start talking and realizing they're all experiencing similar things. And I mean, I know you've heard of uh, mass abductions. I've, I've met people who have been involved in those and it's like, yeah. why, you know, why this area, what's calling it? And it's like, it has to be something like that. Like there, there's something with the land, there's something with the energy field. I mean, uh, there's, there's so many different uh, elements and um, you know, there's something to be said too uh, about some of these people who have experienced aliens and are able to recall like i'm sure you've heard these conversations with people who have been uh hypnotically regressed and they're they're experiencing their their alien abduction and and whatnot and they and the being starts talking through them instead of them recalling what took place and and there's this like element where they they had an agreement with these beings like they remember this and that connection. I mean, what are your thoughts about that when you've come across these stories? Um, about the beans? The, about the, the experiencers that realize that connection, like they are the reason for calling these, you know, activity to a certain area. Yeah. So that was when we were in Hudson Valley, we we spent a lot of time in one house because it's it was kind of it felt like a train station for all sorts of activity in one house. And it was so crazy to me because these people wouldn't leave and they'd been there like generations have been there. And they like, you know, they they even have like a bed that they all sleep on when things get too crazy in the house. Like that's oh. how haunted aliens, you know, weird stuff is happening there. Right. That's amazing. But I, but when after being there, um, I thought to myself, I feel that the actual people in this house are the conduit. 
somehow they're them being there. And I don't know if it gets into the DNA conversation. That's a whole nother ball of wax, but it could be, that could be part of that equation. They're they're them as DNA or whoever they are, are the conduit for the things to pass through. And so when you're in places that are thinner than others and you are somehow a conduit, then they want to use you to come through. And I really felt that if those people left that house, those experiences wouldn't happen anymore. They would be gone. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems to be definitely a pattern. So I'm like, you're talking about Hudson Valley and Whitley Strieber. And it's like, well, would it have occurred to him no matter where he lived, you know, because he is quite unique. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did move. He had, he, he, you know, in his, in his, uh, he had to leave that original cabin. Right. Um, and he went to a different cabin and he did have some experiences. Um, again, it could be a place that's thin, to have those experiences um and, and people might be uh, i'm sure you experience this all the time i mean i feel that there's certain people that have experiences all the time and then when other people are with them they see these experiences too now yes kind of feel that there is there's people that are our specific conduits for certain frequencies right Right. And it's like, what, did he bring it to that whole valley? I wonder. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It has been going on for a very, very long yeah. time. Yeah. I think, I think um, you know, I don't know what happened in the 80s. I mean, in the 80s, there was a special forces base um, and some top secret stuff. I, I think just it's in Hudson Valley. It, it's an hour north of one of the biggest hotspots. It's in Hudson mm. Valley. Um, and, and, you know, my dad brought it up to me when I was going there and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, and (laughs) when was it most active? He said the eighties. And I'm like, Hmm, right. Are are we dealing with an alien interaction or are we dealing with some kind of top secret project? You know, maybe a little bit of both. Oh, Um, I wouldn't put it past anybody to be honest, but I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like people get called to areas too. I've known that, um, there's certain areas. Yeah, you know, Eureka Springs is one of them. Um, people moving there spontaneously for, you know, no good reason. But uh, we got to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top 
of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We are speaking with the awesome Melissa Tittle, and uh, my goodness, you know, and we're talking about Code 12, and I, I want people to get the opportunity to go out to some of these festivals and uh, watch it and check it out. So how can they do that? So if you go to um, the website for the movie, it's Code12TheMovie.com, and subscribe. Um, you'll get free content, stuff that didn't make the movie on all sorts of weird patternistic stuff that we've discovered with the idea of the world living in some some kind of simulation and uh, ancient texts and all sorts of interviews from all sorts of people that if you're into ancient stuff that you will know and there'll definitely be a listing uh, where you can watch the movie and then hopefully on mainstream soon. Ah, awesome. You know, I got to ask you with all the disclosure that's going on and, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy. People are saying it's going to be a false flag with aliens invading and everybody beware, you know, and, and a lot of people aren't going to buy it. And they're trying to prep each other to not buy it. And, uh, you know, there's all these ex, you know, so-called ex government people who just so happen to be in charge of disseminating this information. And so there's that conflict too. And it's like, and I always say, you know, uh, the government for such a long time has not been very kind uh, to people who have reported seeing these things. And I have a hard time believing out of the kindness of their heart. They just decided to, oh, shucks, we're just going to tell you we've been looking into this. You know, <laughs> how do you feel about some of this controversy that that's been going on? Because it's it's frustrating for those of us who have been out there, you know, working hard and, you know, just it's ufos nope it's uaps well hold on there's a difference like hold on i I, i've been harassed for talking about this friends of mine have been harassed talking about this and you know 
Where do you sit and how do you feel about it? I think that everything has a motivation. And so, you know, what would be the motivation of coming out and saying, hey, we've been looking into this? Well, we're coming to an age now where information is just so fast. Like it's not like the 50s or even the 80s or even the 90s or the early 2000s. Like you can find stuff anywhere. And, and you know, what I tell people you know, having worked in mainstream for a really long time is that it's the same thing with Washington. Like if you're not buying, they're not selling. If more people are like, no, they're real, then like, why would they keep talking about it? Like the, the consensus isn't like, it would just be like, is that person talking? <laughs> they had to be, they had to do something. They had to like give something because more people are just not buying it. It just doesn't make any sense. They can't convince anybody otherwise. There's always going to be those people that don't believe and they don't want to, but but there's too many people that are like, no, not, not buying it. And so, but then what happens is that becomes wrapped up in a political agenda because they don't want it to get too far. They don't want people to have too much power over that narrative of just getting the truth. They want to wrap it up into a political agenda. So now you have conversations with people who might be open-minded, but don't want to be open-minded because then that means they might be part of a political party because they're now talking about aliens, which is the whole point. So that it can't just be an open conversation about, hey, could there be life outside of, of what we know as humanity? And so that's all agendas. That's why it's like, so, so I think that the, the pressure that humans are putting on to, to on, on the establishments to be like, no, it's not working for us is good. That's how you find, you find answers. I, I, I think that's the only way I can really try to explain that. I, I know all those stories too. I mean, there's definitely people who have been harassed and, and to be quiet. And now they're like, no, come and tell us. I mean, this, you know, it's, there's, there's two things going on that they do want intel. I mean, what if it, it's not, um, extraterrestrial, you know, it can be a spy situation and they want to know about it. But I think that everybody needs to really put the power into the people. What is it that we think? Like, what is it we believe? And from there dictates where this alien conversation goes. Not if the president stands at the podium and says, yeah, they're, they're, been, they're here. They've been here for a long time. And everybody goes, I knew it. You know, I guarantee still a population of people would not believe it's true. So, <laughs> oh, oh, this is so true. I, I had a friend who was like, I won't believe it until I see it with my own eyes. A big mothership came over her head. My friend totally ratted her out and like it took out all the power when it went over, Heidi. And she said, well, I don't believe my own eyes. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm like, it, it, you know, I think also there's this inner conflict. I, You know, for so many centuries, the church ruled the rule of thought, you know, it, you know, you went by these certain rules and there's a lot of people that really feel um, divided on, on their faith and they're being aliens. And I'm like, look, I, I can have my faith and still know aliens exist. And, uh, but I understand these conversations and these different uh, religious uh, temples, uh, you know, it's, it's been conflicting, but who has the most powerful observatories in the world? <laughs> Vatican. Um, what are they looking at? You know, what, they know what's out there. You know, it's enough is enough. And it's time to just be honest. We have connections out there in the universe. And how do you think people would, would accept that, that do have these hardcore uh, religious beliefs? Well, I have another project I'm working on. And so this kind of t dips into those toes a little bit. Um, they won't, they won't give, I can't give away everything, but I will say that I think that we really need to 
we really need to go into why humans must explore something they can't see. That's number one. Number two, whoever controls the conversation of the supernatural is in control of the the hearts and the minds and the hopes, the hope of humans, right? Because we can't solve everything. We have all this technology and we're still like, why did that one thing happen to me? That was so weird, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe you can ask chat GPT and they can tell you and you'll be like, I'm totally fine with that answer. But, but the thing is, is that there's always going to be room for someone to come in and say, I understand exactly what's happening in the supernatural. And when I say supernatural, I'm just saying beyond the veil that we can't see physically with all of our six senses. And that organization, that person, you know, then it turns into religion or whatever is the gatekeeper between between that. And we listen to that because we want to be close to what that is. And that is the thing that we we can't understand that intrigues us that that gets us up in the morning thinking oh my god what if that happens good and bad right and and this is since the beginning of time this is this is when first humans got together and created tribes it was the one person who could read the supernatural who who could intuitively figure out what was going to happen and when it was going to rain and all that this was the beginning of this trajectory of where we have all these different beliefs and religion and and thought processes. So the alien conversation is is that conversation. And so when we're thinking about agendas and you know who's a control of it, whether it's the Vatican, right, with the biggest, they're like, okay, well, if the aliens are coming here, we're going to totally take over that conversation because we're going to have the biggest observatory ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I've, I've the government that. leading the way and saying, hey, you know, we found all this stuff like they're coming out. They're like, no, 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 no. We we've got this under control. We've been investigating it, you know. Yeah. So be aware of that. Whoever owns the conversation of supernatural owns the, the, the attention of humans, because this is an important thing, whether you believe in aliens or not, it's still the element of the supernatural. It is absolutely coming. And yeah, I think there are people and institutions putting themselves in that space, like you're saying, you know, to make and to be that bridge for them to uh, interpret. What are we looking at? Well, that is a craft. <laughs> you know, it's like, and what who's flying it? Well, those are our space brothers and sisters. Oh man, you know, it's it's the been good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> Melissa Tittle, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. How how can people uh, see all the different projects that you've been involved with and what's what's on your site there? Um, oh, my God. Thanks for asking. I'm really not good at social media. I look at some of these people that have just one show out and they're and they're really good at social media. And I'm terrible, so, terrible about talking about myself. So thank you for inviting yeah. me to talk about myself. <laughs> Oh gosh, yes. Are you kidding yeah. me? I was like, and and you have a graphic novel. I'm like, okay, cartoonist here. Can you tell us briefly how the heck and why the heck did you go there and doing a graphic novel? It looks amazing, by the way. Oh my god, a uh, whole other long conversation. But I'll uh, I'll make it short. I I had um, I was living in Venice Beach at the time, and I was biking home from like a get together and I was looking up at the stars and I had this whole download of this like situation that happened during the Vietnam war <laughs> where these uh, high alien hybrids uh, crash landed in the jungle and they looked human and they, their whole mission was to create more chaos within um, the, you know, not just the war in Vietnam, but, but definitely to create chaos within the higher rankings of just society. And um, this is during the 60s and beginnings of uh, the 70s, when obviously there was this huge uh, influx of 
thought process all of a sudden. You know, you went from the 50s, everybody was living in a pink house and doing everything they're supposed to and listening to the government. And then all of a sudden it was just an explosion of like people just doing whatever. There's no, they're thinking differently. And so it was this whole kind of uh, alien hybrid thing connected to Andromeda. Like it was insane. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Wow. Well, hey, you guys go check out MelissaTittle.com and HathorStudios.com and learn more about all of her projects. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show today, Melissa. Yay. Thanks for having me. Wow. Well, we have come to the bottom of another excellent program. I want to remind you guys to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and check out my paranormal comic strip at TheOutlanders.com. Don't forget to follow me on social media. That is TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at one Heidi Hollis, and also at The Outlanders Comics. You know, this has been just so insightful and I, I i really enjoyed the conversation i want to thank melissa tittle once again for coming on the program i also want to remind you to go to facebook and join my groups i have paranormal pledge as for anybody that has experienced anything out of the ordinary that just wants to talk about it and then there is shadow people and the hat man experiencer that is for everybody that's dealing with these odd things or wants to learn more about them and then i have faith the other f word mm-hmm, that is about the topic of faith because uh, it's rather important in the face of some of the things that we are facing out there when it comes to especially shadow people in Hatman. Gotta gotta arm up, you know what I'm saying? Woo! You guys, I enjoyed this. I hope that you get a chance. Go over to iHeartRadio and find this program wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and tell us what you think of the show. All right, you guys, man. You have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.